Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. This is a retrospective look across the autism spectrum. Me, Kelly Birmingham, going over my 25 plus, actually 27 year career, um, talking about ABA and autism. And as always, I am with my partner in crime, Jen Lucero, mom to Dylan and Ethan. Hi, Jen. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Or afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to just, we're going to talk about the state of the world, right? Um, the big reg is the great resignation happened. We all heard it. I remember when I was in it and everyone was quitting, you know, I, I work for, I run an ABA company working with children and families. And I remember thinking was only, is this only happening to me? And then I started reading that it was happening everywhere. Right. And then it's sort of the state of being, if you will, sort of like the state of the union <laughs> was that everyone was quitting. Then for us, COVID came back large, uh, really hard and strong. January, mm -hmm. December, January, even February. It was like COVID was really crazy for us here in California. Then things kind of seemed to settle down in March and everyone's like, COVID's over, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. like, COVID's over, things are fine. In general, we had consistent work with our children and families providing ABA therapy in their homes. March was pretty consistent and it was so helpful mm -hmm. and hopeful. And now April hits and I don't know, but you and I are suddenly feeling like there are, people are quitting again. People are walking off the jobs. People are no showing for things. Mm -hmm. Our family friends are saying, wait, our therapists are leaving and we, they're not saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. And it's, to me, it feels, I don't know if it's because we've been through so much, but it feels worse to me right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the same thing. Um, I, I think with, for me with Dylan, like just in general, like I feel like things always come in waves. And um, like you said, when it does feel worse, sometimes when it's happening consistently, like you're used to it, but when things start getting good again, and then you get hit with something major, like, you know, one of your longtime, um, you know, service providers leaving, and like you said, with like no um, communication, um, it's almost harder to take, you know, and adjust to. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like Dylan's actually starting to cope and take things better and take change better than I am, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. So, I mean, as families, it's especially now it's rough, you know? You know, I have vivid memories of telling you one time years and years ago yeah. that when Dylan had a, had a sort of a big meltdown, it felt worse to you because it hadn't happened in a long time. Mm -hmm. I vividly remember mm -hmm. saying that to you. And now it's interesting that you just brought up that there, that's something interesting that Dylan is learning, like something good that's coming out of this, if there's any good, yeah. <laughs> is Dylan is having to learn mm -hmm. how to cope with the constant change. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... You know, part of it, um, the good news too is I think I just finally found a adult day program, though they're not open yet. Um, right. They're still doing remote. And so they said, um, you know, we can put them on a wait list, but would you be open to remote learning? And 
Like if you would ask me that like two years ago, I'd be like, no way. Um, but then I'm like, okay, this might be a good stepping stone instead of throwing him in a new place like cold turkey, you know, in person. And that he proved for actually quite a long time that he could do remote learning pretty successfully, um, you know, on the computer and stuff like when COVID really first hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for Dylan, um, for example, we just lost um, a really great guy that was working with him um, for the past three years. Um, and, you know, he was working with him like three days a week and it, it was usually consistent. And then I found out he was leaving um, his company and they ended up telling me, but he told me, um, mm you know, because he was concerned and worried and, you know, um, and so we prepped on for it and kept telling him. And in the past, like he would obsess about it, even when it was over. Um, he really liked the guy. Um, but this time it was the first time I think where he just didn't even ask, like I expected wow. like okay, the day he's supposed to show up, you know, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, it makes me sad because I feel like Dylan has lost so much. Um, not only just service providers, but we've had a lot of, you know, things with the family and stuff. And, you know, we've had a lot of loss, like, you know, either just deaths or just like losing people. And then, you know, obviously finishing the transition program, but not having you know, something in place, like there's just been a lot to deal with. And so I've seen this a lot with families that we know and friends. Um, and so I have a great concern for people because I know that how it affects everybody, including the whole family, like, especially if you have someone that is trustworthy, that your kid gels with, and you've had them around, especially if it's in your home, um, or someone that your kid's out comfortably in the community and being able to do things and to lose that person, it feels like, honestly, it feels like a, a loss of like a family member or something. And I think it's BS because I think a lot of these companies, um, and I'm not saying like, I'm saying mainly, I see a lot with the school system too, but, um, or some, you know, service providers where, like the higher ups are like, do not tell anybody when um, right. that's like the worst thing you can right. do. Like, you know, I mean, if you, if you know your clients and you know what the goals are and like, aren't you then setting um, up the individual and all the caregivers up for the kill? Like by just yeah. being, trying to be like silent about it. I don't yeah. know. Right. I, I agree with you. You know, um, I'm kind of looking at there's like a few different points. And one is if you know the person is leaving, we we did a podcast on this, like how mm -hmm. to transition successfully mm -hmm. and to tell everyone and include everyone and let people have closure and say goodbye, right? Um, that's what I think. You and I both agree that that is the appropriate way to do it, that everyone gets to have closure and say goodbye. What I'm seeing and, you know, you know, for the few listeners that we have, <laughs> they're going to hear me being really vulnerable in that 
you know, as a leader, I, I've always prided myself in retention. You know, yeah. when I had my practice, I had the same oh, yeah. people. They were with me the whole time. I always had that oh, yeah. one, that one person that rotated having babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my core people stayed with me for years. Oh, from the very beginning, right? Um, and that was a small group, obviously. But I have prided myself in being a kind, fair mm-hmm. um leader that won't ask anyone to do anything that I'm not willing to do. Right. And, but I'm seeing um, therapists now, they're just walking off the job. And it's almost always when you talk to them, not related to the work, it's their personal life. Like I had seven people lose their father in last month. Like that's big stuff. Yeah. And our field tends to employ younger people um, newer in their career. Um, many are also in school. So they're trying to balance school and home. Many may live with their family still. And so they may not always have to work yet at this point, but I can't, they just leave. And so there's no goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with that. I want to know your perspective from a family member member, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have therapists that are just not like someone's grandmother died the other day, they said, I'm too overwhelmed and stressed with life. I'm resigning effective immediately. Mm-hmm. We are obviously trying to reach out and say, don't go take time mm-hmm. off. We want mm-hmm. you to have the time you need, but don't leave. You can come back when you have healed. Mm-hmm. And we're just not hearing back from that person. Mm-hmm. What, do, what can I be doing um, for my families to protect, like to help them learn how to cope with that? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm certainly assuming I'm not the only one who's experiencing this. My yeah. organization. Um, I would say like, as soon as you know, um, whether or not there is going to be a, you know, a time frame that, you know, usually in the perfect world, there's a two week notice, you know, um, I would say like, I don't understand why it's a secret because I experience this all the time, but I would say for anyone that's a supervisor or a leader, like then it's the best interest of everybody involved, including your company, but certainly the families and that transition. Because if you're gonna eventually bring somebody else in, like if there's no overlap or the kid doesn't know or the family's not going, what's going on, then you're setting yourself up for the kill that certainly that, um, individual most likely is going to, you know, um, have issues with it and, um, be confused. Um, they probably will act out. Um, they'll probably act out on the new person, especially if the, if they have had someone with them for a period of time. So I think always, whether, you know, even though it sucks, like, you know, to hear, I think, um, immediate, like as soon as you know, um, and a response and contacting the family directly, if possible by phone, um, or at least, you know, email or text and let them know the situation so they can process it, digest it and like, and then come up with, you know, even if you don't have an answer, just like listen to them and then tell them that you're going to do the, that you understand how this is going to affect 
you know, the individual being served and them and that you will do your best to come up with a solution. Honestly, it's kind of like, you know, when, like what, what, what I do for a living, like when I, you know, I do fundraising, it's thank yous. I don't think people expect, you know, the world or much, like, it's just, you know, a level, it frankly, it's a level of respect to yeah. the individual that you're serving and to the family, because nothing's worse than just, you know, having the band-aid ripped off and like having no, um, no warning, you know? Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, you know, we know a couple of our good friends lost their longtime therapist mm -hmm. and we're not told and that there's yeah. no goodbye on the flip side. There yeah. are times when I have had to terminate people yeah. for inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Um, not often, but a few times. And then I can't tell the families why that actually has happened to me. And I can't tell the families why the therapist was not yeah. allowed to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Um, and the inappropriate, the reason the therapist was terminated may not have anything to do with their child so that part feels hard too yeah and I've seen that before too where I get like uh, you know I know it's nothing to do with me or us or um yeah um well again I don't think it's a thing of saying why or you know how or um because in the end if <laughs> This probably shouldn't say this, but um, you know, in the end, if someone is in your kid's life and they have been for years, um, and oh, okay, when I'm done with this, I'll make it for you, okay? Hey, Dylan, let me finish this. All right, um, so, um, you know, in the end, if um, if there are is change coming up or anything, I think it's just good to know and then. If you are close, most likely you're probably going to still remain in that person's life. I mean, we've had people <laughs> we've known since Dylan's four years old that have, you know, worked with them in the past and now they're like family, you know, but there's some people too, frankly, I mean, I've been pretty lucky, but, you know, there's some people that you kind of just go with the flow and hang on with, but sometimes when they do leave, you're like, all right, like, you know it's not the worst thing in the world, you know what I mean? But I think it's just knowing what's happening. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I mean, it, and, and if I can be frank, um, mm -hmm. just from what I'm seeing, um, because I've been doing a lot of research now, um, I think it sucks that it seems like if your child is in school age, um, and that's anywhere from, you know, pre-K through transition to the time they're 22. There seems like, you know, there's services available, people are available. Um, and I think, you know, they get paid a lot better through the school districts, um, for example. And then I'm finding that once your child is an adult and all these adult programs and other services, that they, like, I've been asking around and looking and doing my research, and they expect to have people take on these positions like job coaches and, um, you know, working at different facilities and all this stuff, or like behavior respite and things like that. And they want to pay these people minimum wage and then give them, like, a, you know, and 
just under enough hours to receive benefits and stuff. And frankly, like when I drive by, I see like McDonald's starting wage is like 17 to $19 an hour. And then I think, who is going to like even take on or how do you expect to retain staff um, that are going to want to work with, um, you know, it's a tough job. I acknowledge it. I do it. I yep. do it personally. I've done it professionally and you're dealing with behaviors. You're dealing with a lot of stuff. There's a lot put on you. So I think like you're saying, there's so much going on in everybody's lives right now that like doesn't make it worth it and doesn't make it worth it that like my younger son who is like in college like you said a lot of these kids are um, pursuing usually something in you know the field right but like if if my son Ethan could make more like with a wage plus you know, tips, let's say at veggie grill, then right. someone that's a job coach or a behavior interventionist, like, how do you expect that people are going to stick through it? Right. It's true. I went to a, um, I went to a conference this week. It was, I'll plug it. Cause it was a great conference. It was autism investment summit. It was sponsored by the behavioral uh, BHOCE. Um, they're a for-profit accreditation program. Um, the conference was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on a panel speaking about how we measure clinical quality, which I enjoyed. I also very much enjoyed that I got to go to, um, a workshop done by their statistician. Um, and she, he, provided this incredible data that they collect from all their organizations. And um, basically they, they talked about what they saw as the reason for high turnover and compensation was important for mm -hmm. sure, to your point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is, you know, this conference was for companies owned by private equity. And there's no question that the margin of profit um, is, huge for a lot of these companies on the backbone of our behavior therapist workers, right? And I'm thankful that I work for an organization that is looking at that and understanding that. I can pay decently, although not as much as other companies, mm -hmm. and I, we're still working on that. But the other thing they talked about was actually companies providing support for mental health mm -hmm. and support for um, professional growth mm -hmm. and relationship building. And when I listened to that, I thought COVID has ruined that, right? Yeah, we're not, we are still, when we hire people doing it remotely, because when we tried to do a group meeting um, a few months ago, COVID got spread among the group. Someone who was asymptomatic had it. Everyone was wearing masks, but they were eating and drinking. So they would take yep. their mask off mm -hmm. and because we provided food. And COVID spread, frankly. And I looked at that and I was horrified that that happened, yeah, that we did absolutely. that. So we're not doing that personal, we're not building these personal relationships and families are still limiting the people in their home sometimes, mm -hmm. right? So we don't have a lot. Sometimes a therapist in there and a supervisor is doing the work remotely because we're respecting the family, not wanting too many people in their home because mm -hmm. our kids are immune compromised. And so yeah. I know that I as much as people want to say COVID is over, I still feel like it's this lingering thing. 
And yeah, for sure. I mean, because I think um, even like, you know, Dylan aged out at on December 17th, um, <laughs> but now um, like all the places are still closed. If they're opening, they're opening slowly, a lot of remote learning, but also um, if you weren't already in like a program, that's the kids that are adults that are getting back in. Like now there's this massive waiting list where, so people that, kids that are gonna be aging out like come this summer, like they're yeah. in for a huge wake up call. And yeah. we know a lot of people are in that yep. position. Um, you know, so it, it's just super stressful. I don't even, I agree with you. I don't think it's just, sorry, compensation <laughs> yeah. either. It's more to, um, like I've talked to a few people that, you know, their hearts are totally in it. They do it for the right reason. They love working, you know, with our kiddos and stuff. Um, I think a lot of times people also though don't feel, and I don't think it's the families, but are feeling like they're valued, like not feeling they're respected. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're just robots, like, okay, you're, here's all your casework load and just go and don't talk. I mean, I have where I think it's super weird too, depending on the service, even if it's behavior, but it's like behavior respite, they're not supposed to talk to me, even though they're in my house. That's and so like strange. If, what, what am I, if like, it, wouldn't it be smart for me to give heads up? Like, Hey, he hasn't slept or he's edgy and, you know, like red alert, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of it too. But even, I mean, even like respite right now and stuff like there's, I just keep getting month to month from different agencies. We don't have any staff. Like we can't cover these hours. We've let regional center know, but like, it just seems like it's only going to get worse. And I think it is for the COVID. And sometimes I feel like, are they just using now COVID as an excuse? Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And the bottom line is it's hurting the families and the kids. And the oh, adults. yeah. I think I'm, everybody I know is completely exhausted. You know? Yep. You know, it's 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 exhausting. <laughs> and, I, I, and I don't know what to do. I honestly, I've never in my career thought, I don't know what to do mm-hmm. um, to protect my families and, and the kids we have that we care about. And um, I don't know what to do. What do I do, Jen? (laughs) I mean, I just say, if you can just express that you care, um, you know, and check in, you know, I think that's just really important, you know, um, I, I mean, I'm being serious. I don't think I, I think like, like I know I, I am, you know, realistic. I know the situation, um, that we're in um and it's not like I expect miracles right now I but it means a lot when someone just checks in with you and says like I you know I'm thinking about you and you're you know and Dylan and you know I you know I'm trying to do what I can to make the situation better I think just simple and sweet like that what goes a long way you know what I mean that's a really good point There are people that you're never going to please. So we got to remember that. (laughs) I think that's a really good point. And I know I feel like my core team that I have 
they're really good about that. Yeah. But as myself as a leader, they don't know me, but yeah. let me ask you as a parent, you know, you know, my title is senior vice president. If the senior vice president who you never met, but if they reached out to you and said something, would it matter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that would mean a lot to me. Um, yeah, I would say so. Great. Yeah. Well, I don't know that we've solved this issue. And we have so many families that are hurting right now over this, so many friends that we know. Um, and so I guess some takeaways would be one for companies mm -hmm. to just be honest with the families and have leadership reach out to them, which I'm now going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one, I guess, would be for to help families know that it's often these things are not their fault, have nothing to do with them, although it might feel that way and maybe prepare families that this is going to keep happening. Yeah. I mean, I think too, um, separately just for families or, or friends or people just in, you know, our groups, our world, our tribe. Um, I think sometimes too, um, it might help the families or parents or whoever. Um, um, I'm on some like Facebook groups, like one is like, you know, my community and, um, but this is going to sound random, but um, I've been on a food fighters, um, like a private group for a very long time, many years. And um, when Taylor Hawkins just died suddenly, like it was a huge blow, like, you know, yeah. to especially I think our generation and um, plus he was local. I've met him um, stuff. So it sounds weird, but that group has really like, I mean, still didn't, it's been a while of it. I mean, just like nonstop on this thing. And it's like been a cool, like healing thing. Nice. And so I think maybe like if people have the opportunity um, to, you know, whether it's, I don't know, autism group or whatever, or, you know, warrior moms, like advocates, whatever it is. Um, sometimes like if you can get in groups like that and I don't like ones that are like crazy and just vent. like, you know, I, I like ones that focus on the positive, but like just bring up things or, you know, and sometimes you can just ask questions and tips. So, um, that's just another thing I suggest because I know it's kind of helped me through, especially this COVID stuff and a lot of changes. Great point. And that goes back to something we've always said, making sure our families have a tribe. Mm -hmm. Great point. All right, Jen. Well, we'll keep plugging along. Yes. And um, this, any other behavioral um, BCBA, ABA providers listening, um, if you're experiencing this challenge too, and you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn. And um, Jen and I also have a Facebook page. You can look us up on Facebook and we do, it is um, a place where you could um, ask us questions and give us more ideas. So we'll keep plugging along, Jen. Thank you. Thank you.